Today on episode 50 of the Home of Play podcast, a PlayStation 5 DualSense lawsuit has now officially been filed. Bungie commits to the long-term development of Destiny 2, and the Game Developer Conference has officially been announced. All that and more. Let's hear that intro. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to episode 50 of the Home of Play podcast, where every Monday, the two best friends join for us to give you all the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we're the true PlayStation fans. Oh, wait, scratch that. We have three best friends today. I'm your host, Steven. With me, I'm joined by the King of Platinum Trophies himself, Christopher. Hello, hello. Joining us for the first time in many weeks again is the 60 frames of Curtis. See, I thought you were just going to say the first time ever, and I was going to be like, that's not true. You lied to me. <laughs> Hi. The Home of Play podcast is a self-supported podcast. We don't include any of that bias or paid for opinion stuff you don't need here. Because of this, that allows us to bring you the PlayStation news you need or want to know. All of our content is free for you to enjoy at your leisure. We only ask you help support the show by visiting the YouTube channel, which can be found by searching The Home of Play Podcast. Once there, please feel free to hit the subscribe button. Maybe even give us a like on the video, should the spirit move your winky wink face. If you're already hearing our beautiful voices by the magic of our YouTube channel, then guess what? We are a podcast, and that means you can find us on all your favorite podcast services of choice, such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we're growing, it's all because your lovely gaming homies helping to spread the cost through the power word of mouth. If you have any comments, questions, complaints, we want to hear from you. Please leave any of those in our YouTube videos, and then we can read your questions on the show or alone in private while we discuss how scary the Silent Hill games are. On today's episode, we have seven news articles to discuss, but first, as always, let us begin with what we've been doing this last week. I'm going to start with Curtis, because it's been so long since we heard from Curtis. Curtis? For me? Why me? What have you been up to the last couple weeks, actually? I did beat Cyberpunk. I think that was the first week that I wasn't around. Yes. But I just figured I'd power through. I wanted to get it done. I just needed that story finished. I was tired of the game already. So that got finished. Uh, I got the quote-unquote best ending. Uh, it was still not good. Not going to lie, <laughs> it was not a good ending in my opinion, but, you know, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, I think, what else did I play? I know I'm still playing Valhalla. I went back to that because I ran out of will for Cyberpunk, so I needed to get back to there because I still haven't beat it. Um, I think I've done four extra provinces. Provinces. Pro provinces. <laughs> Since words, yeah, words. Since restarting words. again, and uh, I think I'm also at the point in that game now too, where I just have to finish it. I don't think I can go and hundred percent it. It's just it's dragging on too long. The point in the story that I'm at now is just almost irritating. How annoying it is. So I just kind of want to <laughs> finish it. I don't think I've played anything else though, just because I've been really busy at work, which is why I haven't been around. And that's my excuse. I'm sticking to it. And here I thought you are going to tell me all about your Valheim experiences. Uh, I actually haven't played it yet. So I think I'm... I'm just bugging you. I might I buy just it. assume every article that I read is like, oh, it's sold 2 million. And it's like, oh, now it's sold 3 million. And I'm like, well, if it's a PC game and it's getting any bliss, I usually rely on the 60 frames to tell me what's up on the PC universe. There is a good chance that I'm probably going to play it at some point in the next little bit. <laughs> Nice. Because one of my friends wants to play, so yeah, why not? 
Ah, that's good. I'll I'll look forward to you talking to me about what it feels like to jump backwards in time and back to the PlayStation <laughs> One, and then you can tell me how that's going. Chris, what have you been up to? I've been playing Valheim. Wow. Alt F4. <laughs> Do it yeah. right now, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I've been playing Valheim. Uh, having a lot of fun with it. Uh, my buddy actually set up a dedicated server of his own. So we've been chugging away at that, having a blast. It's one of those games where it's just, you get so into just designing your own property and house and making your own settlement. And it's just so much fun. It's You don't have to worry about like, food and drink which is kind of annoying about most cyber uh survival games um we're just having a blast we're slowly moving we're trying to progress at the same time when it comes to the like main resources because every time you beat a boss you kind of unlock the next tier of higher stage resources like iron and steel and all that kind of stuff we're not at that level yet i think we're actually planning on doing the second boss tonight um having a lot of fun with it it's just uh, just fun to see everybody's creative side and what they do. I know you can get that in a lot of games, but this one I penises, know. Penises, as far as the eye can see. <laughs> it's just a an open land of penises. <laughs> that's that's my Valhelm world that I want. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, uh, just been the single player game. I'm still just playing XCOM Chimera Squad, just having fun with the tactics games. So that's pretty much it. Maybe a little bit of Assassin's Creed. I think I right at the end of one of the next provinces. Uh, but that's about it. See, he got the word right. <laughs> I don't know what words are, and you can't tell me what they are either. What have you been playing, Steve? I have switched gears, and I have taken a little break from Zodiac Age, and if anyone who knows me knows that a little break means I might never get back to it. Uh, so <laughs> that's my attention span, and you have it. Uh, so yeah, anyway, I bought two games at the same time on the holiday sale. I talked about them on the podcast. One was Zodiac Age. The other one was the Near Automa. And I played both briefly. Really fell in love with Zodiac Age. Went to that hard. Now that I need a little breather from it, I went back to Near Automa. And it was funny how I ranked it right away. I'm like, oh, Zodiac Age is awesome. Near's okay. And then also this week, I gave it more time. And uh, although I'd never argue it's like game of the year, it's awesome. Like, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's a solid double A game. Uh, the music's great. I like the art style. I like the lore of the universe that they're building here. Apparently, it's linked to the Dragon Guard games, which I never played. So maybe I need to look into those as well. Uh, but yeah, really enjoying it. I beat the first almost. Yeah, I bur- I, sorry. I beat the first game like play or whatever, the first story or um, whatever. And then now I've restarted the second one and I'm almost done the second playthrough. Uh, and then I've, I'm told the third playthrough is like really good. So, uh, I gotta do that. This game's weird though. Like playthroughs almost feel like chapters. So although it says you beat the game, it kind of feels like you haven't truly beat the game until you do it like a hundred times. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how much my interest stays on that one. But that was basically all of my time. Uh, I put a lot of hours in that game this week. (laughs) There's one thing I forgot too. We were talking about last week. You had mentioned, uh, uh, thir- 13 Sentinels was on sale. I did actually oh, yes. pick it up. Oh, did uh, you? I probably put maybe not a lot of time into it so far, maybe two hours of it. Uh, I still feel like I'm kind of like the story, you hit the ground running and the story, tons of stuff's happening. Um, combat wise, I'm still kind of in the tutorial stage. It's still educating me how to do it. It seems sort of turn-based, which I kind of like, 
but the mm-hmm. the combat does seem pretty I don't want to say basic, but it's not I don't think it's anything too special, but that might work for the game. Um, I'll have to know when I get a little bit more deeper into it. So, Yeah, the more I've researched that, I don't think I've really heard many people talk about it uh, in a way that it's like, oh, yeah, the combat's what sells this game. I'm hearing mainly it's the story that drives it and mm-hmm. why it seems to be special to certain people. So, yeah, I'm interested to see where your take is the further in you get. Mm-hmm. So that sounds like that's everything we've been up to this last week. Take it or leave it. I care not. So we move on now. Chris, you ready for this? We move on now to the The news. news. Article number one. This one comes from Destructoid. First PS5 DualSense Drift lawsuit filed against Sony Interactive Entertainment. So if you remember last week, we talked that there was rumors that the lawsuit would happen uh, it happened literally <laughs> it seemed like hours after we finished recording of course because that is how things seem to happen when we are recording uh, so going on with the article following last week's investigations u.s law firm csk and d has proceeded with a class action lawsuit against sony following customer complaints that dualsense controllers packaged with their ps5 consoles were severely affected by a drift manufacturing fault According to the copy of the lawsuit acquired by Destructoid from that CSKND, I can't wait to say that more, the firm filed against Sony Corporation of America and Sony Interactive Entertainment, LSC, in a New York court on February 12th. The suit claims that the DualSense controller is defective and claims that Sony has slim options for the owners already affected by the fault. Drifting refers to a physical defect whereby analog stick registers movement while remaining in a stationary position. I think we're all aware of the drift issue. It seems to be affecting every console out there. Have either of you had this issue? I'm guessing no, probably, yes. yeah. If they're saying like every, almost everyone has it. I have one that it's not like if I wiggle it and leave it, it's fine. But it's like if I point it in a direction for too long and then let go, it'll definitely drift. Okay, Curtis, I believe you found some more information for us as well. I did. I found a, basically it was a teardown that iFixit did for the controllers. And uh, I mean, quick and dirty because I'm not even going to lie reading through the whole thing. I don't quite understand the exact reason, but it's it's an issue with the potentiometers, which is something in every controller, every like every controller that has the analog six will have it. But it's yeah, something's messed up in there. And again, it's causing it to drift. The thing that's really strange to me, though, is that it uses the same one that was used in the DualShock 4 or the Xbox One controllers. So it doesn't make sense as to why these controllers are doing it, but those ones weren't. Tells me why I went through so many damn controllers because of that same problem. But I mean, it wasn't right out of the box having that problem. Like I like I, we talked about last week, I have one that came right out of the box that it doesn't drift when it's just sitting there. If I use it and stick it in a certain direction and then let it go, it kind of will tend to lean in that direction still. That's the problem I have with just one of the controllers. The other one seems fine. So um, yeah, and I don't have this issue whatsoever. I th- we talked about last week, but the only control I've ever experienced this on is my Xbox 360 controller I use for my PC. And that was more definitely wear and tear for I probably. Yes. Yeah, you've, you've, you've had that for a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's also a fun fact to note that this CSK and D's, uh, it's not their first time dealing with drift related lawsuits as well. 
It was one of the number of firms that previously filed lawsuits against Nintendo in 2019 after a torrent of instances where the Nintendo Switch Joy-Con controllers were being similarly affected. The suit in question was compelled to arbitration after a judge refused to dismiss the case. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really mean a lot. I think I, I really don't know where this is even heading. Like at best, maybe you'll have companies take a look at this, maybe change some of their tactics, you know, hopefully maybe put some better parts in these controllers, uh, spend that little extra moolah. But really on the other side of this, I just kind of feel like this is a, kind of silly lawsuit altogether well when the article one of the articles is saying that you got to ship it and all the money it takes to ship the controller to actually fix it for an 88 cents part is like what there's no value in it just mm-hmm. just make a better controller or just the sticks use a different brand or whatever of the the thing that keeps breaking on them and then you don't have this problem because I'm, I'm guessing they're they must be getting a lot of complaints because of the so what I'm curious about now is if it was a similar module used for DualShock 4 and Xbox One, is it the same one that's also in the Series X? Are they having problems? Maybe. I, I know they have something with the Elite controllers, so it's I don't know if that's specifically uh, an Xbox Series X controller or if that's just the universal Elite controllers that you can use for anything. Um yeah. I don't know. It just sounds like this is kind of a thing that every company is experiencing in some way or form. Uh, so it's hard for me to be like, okay, you can have all these lawsuits, but are any of them going to take it serious if they know the two main competitors are both doing it as well? <laughs> like, well yeah. Also, try to think about it this way. If every controller uses these pieces, they're trying to mass produce them for how, yeah, for how many different models. Eventually... If you're trying to speed it up or if you're trying to save money, there's got to be some sort of corners cut. So does it kind of make sense that they might be running into problems, especially if they're trying to mass manufacture a bunch of controllers now, considering they still don't have enough PS5s for everyone? And uh, yeah, Xbox Series X still isn't available. Like there still has to be some manufacturing issues in my, that's my opinion so moving on to more fun news, we'll go to article number two. This one comes from IGN. Hideo Kojima is writing a book about his creative process. In case you've ever wondered about his beautiful <laughs> mind. I can't imagine like getting into his mind. I Even reading this book's probably just going to just mess with our heads and we won't be the same people after we read it. <laughs> it's going to be great too. I, I'm assuming certain chapters are going to tell you to look in other books and find clues. <laughs> yeah. It's just going to be a huge mind fudge. Choose your own adventure novel. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, the article goes on to say Hideo Kojima, creator of the Metal Gear Solid Death Stranding and noted cinephile is writing a book. The book published by VIC Media or Viz, I don't know which other, but uh, entitled The Creative Gene is due out in fall 2021 and focuses on exploring Kojima's artist, artistic influences and inspirations. Longtime fans of Kojima games will recognize the influence classic action cinema has had on the developer's work. Kojima's early career was focused on getting into film production before changing track to game development. The original Metal Gear Solid on MSX was influenced heavily by The Great Escape encouraging the player to avoid conflict 
and use stealth rather than go into battle guns blazing. Solid Snake, Metal Gear's protagonist, is seen as a clear homage to escape from New York Snake Pliskin, uh, even going as far as to give himself the alias Iroquois Pliskin, among countless other cinematic tropes throughout Kojima's work. Kojima isn't the only iconic developer having their work explored in book format, a new book featuring words of wisdom on game design from the late Nintendo's CEO, Satoru Iwata, I hope I said that right, who died in 2015 is getting an English release in April this year. Uh, boys, are you checking out these books? Do you read books? Do you know books? I haven't read a lot of anything in the most recent time, but I, it would definitely be an interest to me because I, I like a lot of his works. I, uh, I knew about some of the like the, the things you mentioned about The Great Escape, uh, like, like how that was based, or, or sorry, how he based Metal Gear off of that and all that kind of stuff. So I'd be interested to see his process. I think a lot of other developers, like it'll do good in the developer commu- community just for just to hear how he does things in his mind. I think it might help other people like get ideas and who who knows like it, the guy's like like he's an artist so it's it'd be interesting i probably get it what about you curtis you're semi of a fan i'm afraid of books i'm not gonna lie but i probably would try to check it out but i feel like it might be i don't want to call it a hard read just because of, yeah, like his, it'd be interesting to see what he does. Like, how does he actually start coming up with ideas? Like, even stuff like Death Stranding. How do you come up with an idea like that? It's nothing, like, crazy, but why Why that? Why all those Bellhop details? Simulator 2020, as we call it. <laughs> like, it's interesting, definitely, to get an in, to get insight into what he does. Like, it would be very interesting. But <laughs> I assume many people closely related to him are probably going to get this book too because they just want to know what the hell's going on. But I'm also concerned that it's just going to go full Metal Gear Solid 2 on you and just like fish and mail. You're going to get all like disoriented reading it. You'll have to like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure myself. Uh, you know, obviously, I don't even think I can read books. I, I just don't think I got that far in the education system. You know, I'm thrilled it's coming to North America. It's getting translated, all that good stuff. Uh, Yeah, I might check it out. If not, it's a good conversation starter. Just put it in the living room. And if anyone comes over, which they won't because the times we live in. One one uh, book sitting on the shelf. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think what most people would be interested to see is if he talks at all about the whole him and Konami split. But I think they'd probably be disappointed because I, I I can't imagine he's actually going to talk about doubt that. It would I touch on that. But yeah. some people would I be wish. like hoping that he would talk about that. Oh, for sure. I I mean I think any everyone would love to know what happened there. But yeah, I don't think he'll be in there. Maybe we could do the audiobook. <laughs> we'll record the audiobook for it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe what he will talk about is when he his production or maybe thoughts and ideas of how he was going to do the Silent Hill game. Mm, that would be interesting. Article number three, Silent Hill might finally get a proper comeback thanks to a prominent Japanese developer. This one comes from Destructoid. Rumors are circulating that Konami is finally doing something significant again with Silent Hill. While the Forsaken series has drawn will-they-won't-they speculation, 
for years, it's hard not to daydream about what could and should be, no matter how many rumors fail to materialize. The latest word from VGC suggests Konami has turned to external partners to help revitalize Silent Hill. The current rumor potentially suggesting that there could be more than one modern interpretation of Silent Hill. Speculation has come out of a gamesindustry.biz interview with Bloober team CEO Peter Babino, Babino, in which he commented on the studio's next horror game. He suggests that they've been working more than a year on another gaming project, another horror IP, and we're doing this with a very famous gaming publisher. I can't tell you who, I can't tell you what the project is, but I'm pretty sure when, what, when people realize we're working on it, they'll be very excited. Regardless, that willingness to license tells me anything could be on the table and that it's just a matter of potential time. So yeah, that goes with that article we rec- did, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago where we talked about that exact quote about how he said people are going to be excited. It's something they've like been waiting for in summer. This new rumor also says something about summer. So what do you guys think? We get in a Silent Hill? I think so. I think so. I mean, if Konami's saying that they're willing to license it out, it's just a matter of somebody to step up and take it by the reins. I'm scared. You got to face Curtis. Not like, not, you know, scared in game. I just, I don't know if it is blooper team. I'm not going to lie. I'm not optimistic on its quality. Well, Blair Witch wasn't that great. Blair's of Fear was okay, but it was just like a walking game. Are all these bloopers ones? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the medium medium just came out and like, it's, it's okay. It was an interesting concept for them to do that split world, but it wasn't the, greatest so i don't know for them to take on something like silent hill which is near and dear to a lot of people's hearts much like resident evil i i don't know like i'm i'm not overly optimistic i'm kind of skeptical but eh, we'll see konami would definitely have to step up and really support them to be honest and i just don't know if they're willing to I don't know, does it say anything about it being like a joint effort or are they straight up just giving out the license to someone to work on it? I believe that's what it sounds like. So Konami's just the publisher. Yeah. Mm. So then it's a shot in the dark, (laughs) to be honest. Mm. They're probably going to be picky though, though, as to who gets the license. Yeah, well, that's why like we didn't really read about it, but there were rumors that they previously spoke in the Supermassive who did the Until Dawn game and nothing was signed after the fact, but yeah, it sounded like they kind of pitched Konami their idea and Konami clearly did not go for that, which worries me because I do have faith in Supermassive, but... Uh... Although they do make relatively distinctly different games in, yes, in a way. for sure. I mean, they, they both do like scary games, but not... They both tell the story in different ways, very different ways. Though I wouldn't mind a, uh, you know, until dawn version of Silent Hill. Like where a group of people go to the town or something? Well, not just that specifically, but the gameplay element of just like more of an interactive story mm. of Silent Hill. Because I do think Silent Hill usually has pretty good and creepy reasons for being. And I think they could explore more with not having to, you know, tackle the scare factor and gameplay this, gameplay that. Like. Is this scary enough? They could just give you a good, solid story. Yeah. And that's kind of... I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with you there, just because of the way that they phrase that whole modern interpretation of Silent Hill. 
Like, it would mm-hmm. be nice to see something different. It doesn't yes. necessarily need to be a new actual numbered entry, but it would be some. It would be interesting to see something in the universe. Like, it, yeah, it could be something along the lines of, oh, you're playing a third person. I mean, they're all third person idiot. Some sort of, yeah, choose your own adventure almost kind of deal. I guess the most modern of them, would that have been Silent Hill The Room? Because you're kind of, you're in an apartment building, it's first person. But Last then one you... I played was three. Oh, okay. That's the room, isn't it? I thought that was the room, isn't it? Three? Oh, thought... no, four is the room. I, yeah, I... three's the girl in the white coat. Okay, yeah. my bad. Yeah, because you're kind of in a modern sort of time in the apartment, but then you crawl through these holes in your apartment into, I guess that was sections of Silent Hill, I guess. I can't remember. It's so long ago. But that was a good one, by the way, if you haven't played that one. Uh, two's the best. Oh, yeah. Well, classics. Uh, one's good but it's dated but two looked really good for that time i remember that game being like one of the best looking games you could play Mm -hmm. and pyramid head was frightening very scary very scary so yeah i don't know i i'm excited for anything silent hill i do kind of hope like we were saying it's a more modern take um i'd like to see something different i don't just want another silent hill 3 or the room or whatever it is i i want to get away from third person you know unless they really change things up uh, but I don't yeah, want them I would to just follow like to Resident Evil. Risk. Oh, you're talking about like the Ethan Winters? Well, like if you're talking like, it'd be nice to see something not third person. Like, well, then they're kind of following Resident Evil's suit, so I don't know. Which they kind of always have, so I wouldn't be totally surprised. But also, it's like, where else can you go? Yeah. But it's also VR. still, <laughs> it's also still rumored. Can you imagine a VR Silent Hill? Like, oh my god, no. I don't even really want that. Now that we've even brought it up, I'm like, I no. Mean, <laughs> considering they've already done Resident Evil. Well, but I mean, Resident Evil <clears throat> 7 VR, it, it, don't get me wrong, it's scary as shit, but if I played Resident Evil 2 in VR, like the remake, mm-hmm. I think that would even be more scarier because there's just more enemies. Like, there's very few things chasing you in the Resident Evil 7, so... I don't know. Yeah. Silent Hill, they got the whole ghost factor and that other kind of crappy scary shit so everyone that would see pyramid head would just be like slay me (laughs) (laughs) moving forward we're going to number four this one comes from game informer bungie commits to long-term development of destiny 2 plans to tell new stories in future ips bungie the legendary studio behind the classic halo trilogy and the popular live service destiny franchise is taking measures to prepare for the company's expected and rapid future growth In an emailed press release, Bungie has affirmed plans to expand the studio, add key personnel to help create more nuanced IPs, and build upon the already extensive universe of Destiny. The Bungie leadership team is also facing positive changes. Mark Noseworthy and Luke Smith are set to oversee the brand's foray into other forms of media. Justin Truman will step into the central role of leading the future development plans of Destiny 2. In addition to building state-of-the-art facilities to support the growth and development of their talented employees, the press release reads, one of the primary drivers of Bungie's expansion is to increase the commitment to the long-term development of Destiny 2, tell new stories in the Destiny universe, and create entirely new worlds in to-be-announced IPs. Well, sounds kind of interesting. Yeah, to-be-announced IPs is always exciting. It's always interesting to see some Universe new expansion. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, anything to come out of Bungie. They usually have the formula for making big hits. So 
I know Steve likes Destiny. What do you th- what do you feel? What do you think? He did like so. Destiny One is probably my most played game on the PS4. Just I don't know. You got a group of people. There wasn't much when that console first came out, anyway. Uh, so I think I put like 500 hours in that first game. But Destiny Two, I did not put a lot of hours in. I thought it was basically Destiny 1.5. Uh, I just, it was whatever. It was fine. It was more Destiny. I get it. The people that do play it, though, you know, they talk about that amount of time to get back to like solid, polished level. And then, you know, there was the issue with Activision breaking free. Then they were making changes that, I, you know, they're allowed to now. So I'm only assuming the game keeps just getting better that way. Um, so I, I, you know, good on it. I, I do. We'll talk more about that after, I guess. But I'm okay with the Destiny stuff. Like, you know, if they're going to keep supporting it, that's just good for fans. And if they're making money off it, then why not? Like, it's like a win-win right there. The The one I'm more interested in is the future IPs. Um, I want to see something different from Bungie. I, I've been... I don't know what the right words would be, but, like, I'm desperate to have them get out of their comfort zone. Um, I'm done with space shooters. I'm done with the floaty, crappy jumping mechanics that Bungie's infamous for. I, I get some people like it. I just think it's one of the poorest um, game designs that they just keep bringing back. Um, especially running that goddamn thing with Chris in that raid uh, where it's like, <laughs> it's a platformer now. I'm like, with these crappy jumping mechanics, it might as well just, just be hell. I, I don't want any part of it. Leave me out. So yeah, I just want them to try something new. Like, let's do something fantasy or, you know, let's just get away from sci-fi. Like, just do something totally different because I do trust them. I think they're dedicated. They're passionate people. Uh, let's see where else we can do here. Yeah, I'm excited about all this. Um, it, it, it's funny. I'm, I'm, I sit back and I'm remembering back in the Destiny 1 days and it, playing that game, it felt, it, was, it felt good when it first came out. Obviously, it, People say Vanilla Destiny was kind of rough, but it was. But it was kind of before live service was a thing, if you guys remember that. Like, it wasn't till after where, like, live service games started. Like, the, the games were clearly a live service game. You could tell. And that term was getting used a lot. But when Destiny came out, it wasn't something that they were throwing around like, this is a, a live service game. They, they, it is. But looking back now, it didn't. It didn't feel like it, it at more the time. Like it's an always online. Yeah, yeah. Story. Yeah, RPG. and they're constantly patching, improving. Which I know in terms now is live service, but at the time it didn't feel like it when you're first experiencing it. So, but I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Destiny. Destiny Two right now is is in a pretty great state from what my f- one friend who constantly still plays the game. He still loves it and and. I've jumped in a couple times, touched on, touched on it, and it, it is still really good. And they only just keep adding and improving it. And I would say, like Destiny, with the you know the hardcore fan base that it has, the people that just never stop playing it, you almost put it up there with like people like Wow, right? Yeah, they're gonna come back for the expansions. It's going to be talked about forever. Uh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. one of those higher tier the P- longevity things. PvP is really competitive. Like it's really like there's. A lot of people doing just that game just for the PvP sake. So, and it's mm-hmm. and the PvP is unique because you have so many different types of guns that just have totally different effects, right? It's not just plain call. I, I'd say plain, but like Call of Duty, where it's like this gun shoots this round, all that kind of stuff. You got guns that are 
shooting freaking lasers out of their freaking heads. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, the reference, <laughs> Scotty's on fire. But it's just <laughs> too hot to touch. But yes, I agree with Steve as well. I am excited to hear any to be announced IPs. Um, I kind of agree with them though too, where it's it, it'd be nice to see them kind of maybe drop the whole space thing. Okay, going on to article number five. This one comes from IGN. Another semi-Silent Hill article. Silent Hill creator teases upcoming horror project with first look concept art. Silent Hill and Gravity Rush creator. I'm waiting for Curtis. Ichiro Toyama. Let's go with that. Has given fans a glimpse at his new horror action adventure project and Boca Game Studios' first game, by the way, of some never seen before concept art and it's looking... Substantially unsettling. In a promotional interview posted on Boca's YouTube game channel, Toyama revealed a first look at his new studio's upcoming project. The images, which you can view in the gallery below, uh, then again, just go to IGN to look up if you want to see the pictures for yourself. Give fans an insight into the Boca's debut title may look like and how Toyama is returning to his horror roots as an independent developer. Uh, so yeah, anyway, if you go through all the images, uh, semi-unsettling things, a lot of, I would almost say Dead Space-esque yeah. looking pictures. That's what I was thinking. Um, very insect-like. Um, Insectoid. Very, very Silent Hill, honestly. A little silent. It looks like if Dead Space and Silent Hill were getting it on and they had a baby prematurely <laughs> wedlock you know all that kind of stuff um so yeah like i don't know what you guys think but i'm i'm up for more horror games so i don't care give it to me you are up for more horror games excuse me i'm <laughs> up for watching you play yeah, more, more horror, horror games, games. <laughs> gotcha gotcha sorry i must have slept no it looks interesting <laughs> there's some creepy stuff in there i mean yeah i i like the the, the i don't know why but the genre. girl in the box i i know like in the trash can? Yeah, I don't like it. Nobody should be fitting in trash cans. <laughs> like, Where would you even put that box? Like, it's too big. It wouldn't fit under the sink. Oh, the problem is with the dead body in the box. <laughs> yeah, and I don't like That's the spider the legs coming out of it either. <laughs> yeah, it's an awkward shape. It's so. It's not my feng shui problems of like, oh, this is not creating the right energy in the room. <laughs> Definitely, when the spider legs start coming out, it ain't, it ain't putting out the right. All energy. the bodies hanging know. in a. Looks like a freezer or something. Yeah, definitely some looking at these concept pictures. This guy's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. If how does he sleep? Like I would just constantly wake up in my own feces if that's the night the nightmares I'm having, right? If I like, saw any one of these things in real life, I'd probably drop dead with a heart attack. Probably. I mean that's that's, Hard that's note normal the other way. That just adds to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I like I like scary games. Uh which is weird because I don't like being scared, but I still the suspense. Usually, there's interesting stories to them. Usually, so. I don't know if it's supposed to be a little bit of insight into the gameplay, but I do notice the one picture with the boy in a hoodie and a sword. So I'm wondering if we're if this is going to be a hack and slash horror game. Oh yeah, the one where he's kind of standing and it looks. Oh yeah. Current, current times, there's an airplane flying overhead, and then apartment. Yeah complexes and stuff like that yeah watch and then i know notice the verticality of him standing on a building too so i'm like is that part of the gameplay mm -hmm. you know what are we looking at here it, it's i'm up for that like i'm you know i'm kind of like we talked about the other silent hill article like i i want something different like if you're going to give me a horror game don't give me another resident evil clone yeah 
it's tough too because I've I'll, you know there's a lot of games out there that show their concept art and a lot of the concept art some of it is relative to the game but sometimes concept art has like nothing to do with what the game ends up be, becoming oh for sure we see like popular games come out and then later they reveal a concept art and you're like oh that's what they almost look like yeah. you know I think we just argued about that four weeks ago with Curtis when he saw the concept art for Johnny Silverhand before they knew they were doing Keanu Reeves and I'm like <laughs> oh that's just Keith Richards uh no very creepy oh it, it's very creepy Moving on to Article 6, this one comes from IGN as well. Control developer Remedy has had a record financial year without releasing a single game. How is that possible? Remedy more than doubled its operating pro profit in 2020, achieving a record financial year despite releasing no games. According to the company's latest financial report for the 12 months ending December 31st, 2020, full year revenue is up by 30% at 41.1 million euros. Operating profit comes in at 13.2 million and over twice the 6.5 million achieved in the previous year. These figures make 2020 a record-breaking landmark year for the Finnish developer. This was all done without new game being released. Instead, success has come via the continued sales of Control. Remedy launched the game on additional platforms in 2020, such as Steam, Xbox Game Pass, and Cloud Services and an ultimate edition was published by 505 games that included a next-gen upgrade for console players while no new games were released in 2020 remedy did release expansions for control including awe which tied together shared story threads between control and alan wake with a record year out of the way remedy is on for a development heavy 2021 the company recently secured a deal with epic games new publishing label which, with which it will produce a AAA game and a smaller scale project, both for console and PC. Boys, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts? I think this is probably not news that you want to hear, especially with all the controversy of people being upset that there were these new versions where people had to basically rebuy the same game they own just to get a next-gen update until, of course, we found out that we were getting it free anyway on the PlayStation Plus. So... Wow, that's uh, that's a doozy. I fully expect it was just the fact that they kept getting brought up in more press news related things that got the, the name of the game out there a lot more and it just made the game sell better. I mean, don't get me wrong, the game is great and it does deserve to be played. Um, but I, I'm guessing just maybe it's one of those things where any news is good news, even if it is bad, you know, type thing. So. Curtis, you played this uh game control a little bit not not much it's one of the ones that i've been meaning to get back to but me being on the pc side i didn't have to worry about having to rebuy anything because i buy one version and i have everything already there there was no next gen ultimate upgrade or anything so it kind of surprises me that i mean i guess it's not because even putting it on steam probably helped quite a bit especially on the pc side because it was only on the epic store so that was i guess that's definitely helping a lot but even i would imagine but also like did you did you end up actually getting this on playstation okay so i guess you were missing for the week it happened but this uh month the uh, playstation plus game is the next gen version of control Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, so it's free. So I did try it. I tried it. 
uh, two weeks ago, I want to say, if I didn't, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I didn't really fall in love with it though. I, I, I'm not that far into it, so I don't want to say like, it's a bad game. I just, I really like the story. I like the way they were, you know, introducing me into the world. Uh, it's just the gameplay I wasn't in love with so far. I only had two powers though. So I don't want to, like I said, I, I don't want to say that's my final yeah. verdict. I want to, uh, I want to agree with you too. Cause I didn't get very far. I wasn't heavily empowered but to me mm -hmm. it seemed more of just the tech demo because of the ray tracing like because it was so heavily pushed on pc and now that you can do it on the consoles that's mm -hmm. kind of all i ever found it to be like it's fun i like it but it, it never pulled me hard enough for me to want to actually go back yet i know i have to that's the problem is i no, have to finish I'm it I totally understand what you're saying. I'm I'm right there with you. I'm not getting that pull. Like obviously, I played that, then Zodiac Age, then Near Autonoma, and I'm still kind of like, I want to keep playing Near. I don't know when I'll get back to Control, but it's nice that I have it. Uh, like I said, if that thing was a movie, I'd watch it in a second. Yeah. I just gameplay wise, nothing was bringing me back. But I like I said, I only put in two three hours tops. Uh, I love the game. Uh, but I'm maybe it's just. I don't want to say bias, but I really like the games that Remedy puts out there. I really enjoyed the Alan Wake game. Uh, I'm one of those people who's always been sitting on the sideline. Make a sequel. Uh, so they made American Nightmare. Yeah, they did. I haven't played that one though, because that wasn't it. More like was it? I get it is standalone. Yes, I think it was a little. It wasn't the same feel, the same atmosphere. If I remember, I think correct. I even own it actually. <laughs> but I, I know I do, and I've never launched. I it. don't know if I've launched it either. So, <laughs> um, a true true sequel. Like, You're I, their I favorite kind Wake. of fan. I he liked buys Alan Wake, though, but he doesn't play them, so he can't criticize them. Perfect <laughs> I, fan. I, I, beat Alan, I beat Alan Wake. I liked it, but I was don't... that on PC? Oh yeah. Eventually, okay. I don't know. I don't know if I actually had any urge to go back and play it though i think it was just one of those one-time games oh yeah i never played alan wake so i have no idea. i played it a couple of times i liked it it was the very stephen king-esque sort of stuff about it it was and a I, very cool idea and i like the narration which obviously has been done before but i don't know it just they did it well because he's telling the there is story. a little bit of an influence in control as well because you're like you always have her your mm -hmm. internal monologue yeah. so you get that same and i feel. like that like i know there's probably some trick to it eventually but i did like how she was made it seem like she was talking to me but i know it's probably something else later steve but. you'd probably like alan wake and there's it was it has his moments it's good because you have you're constantly like fighting back the darkness and then then like the mon the, the flashlight enemies, mechanic yeah flashlight mechanic and the enemies are protected until you get rid of their darkness and then you can actually kill them and stuff like that and it has its scary moments too. There's a couple, not jump scares, but a couple moments that are kind of creepy. I don't know if it was really jump scare, yeah. No, but it's more like if I was might... in that position, I'd be scared shitless. <laughs> <laughs> more pressure than anything. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I have nothing against Remedy, but then when I also go through the catalog, nothing really stands out to me. I don't think I've ever seen, you know, a great game from them. And that's, again, objectively speaking, just my opinion. Um, so, like, I am interested in their, like, upcoming stuff. I, I, I mean, I wish they would have handled things differently this previous year with the whole going down with that Ultimate Edition. 
But, you know, talk here, like reading here about the Epic Games new publishing label and how they're going to work on AAA game. I'm excited for more Remedy, I, like what it is, who the heck knows. You know, they typically do seem to stay in the sci-fi genre. Uh, I mean, I guess Alan Wake, it's hard to say if it's sci-fi or not, but... Uh, My favorite part about Remedy is their creative director is the face of Max Payne. Really? Yeah, Sam Lake, their creative director, was the like the face of Max Payne 1 and 2. Okay, so that's enough Remedy news, not much there. And then speaking of short articles, we're going on to Destructoid. This one is number 7. GDC 2021 drops hybrid event plan will be fully digital due to COVID-19 pandemic. The organizer of the Game Developers Conference has officially announced that its 2021 iteration will be an online-only affair. The annual event had originally planned to make GDC 2021 a hybrid in-person slash online uh, showcase, but concerns from the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic have rendered that impossible, forcing organizer Informatech to go all digital. In quotes, while we can't wait to gather in the halls of San Francisco together again, and we did consider an all-in in-person component this year, we have decided that it's more important that our speakers, attendees, and sponsors be able to plan ahead to continue to be as safe as possible and to spend our attention on delivering the best possible GDC. As in a more traditional year, this year's conference will be filled with deep content developed with our advisory board a focus on community building networking and celebration that gdc is known for uh the gdc schedule is to take place of the weekend july 19th to 23rd and will offer developers and publishers the opportunity to network and converse online showcasing their respective wares discussing the industry and looking for new talent and opportunities both the independent games festival and developers choice awards will take place on july 21st so yeah, I think that basically sums it all up. I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, this thing mainly focuses for developers like we just read. Uh, so if they have to do it online, well, hell, that's basically been their whole world for the, <laughs> the past year anyway, right? So it's just going to feel at home, I imagine. Hopefully we'll get some cool things out of it. But, you know, typically it's not so much for us, right? So Yeah, it's not something that I've ever followed. Usually it's one of those things like the week after you might see like a teaser trailer or you might hear rumors yeah. about something that was seen or shown during the event and it's but you don't even really in your mind you don't even place that it was actually because of the event you just assume it it's just good it was released so yeah but it, it's good for the developers and i'm sure uh they get uh, a lot of value out of going to these events oh for sure i i like just to know that these guys are working off each other and you know supporting each other and you know if you're sharing like not that they're sharing code but you know if you're sharing ideas having these conversations it's just it can only be positive for the industry so i'm all for it. so yeah that's just a small one uh and then that was all of our articles until like 10 seconds ago hot off the presses uh, as yeah hot off the presses uh, another one from IGN, Diablo 2 Resurrected announced for PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. That is a mouthful, and I just served it to you. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> Blizzard Entertainment and Vicarious Visions, the former Activision Blizzard subsidiary uh, that was recently folded into Blizzard proper, has announced Diablo 2 Resurrected, the long-rumored remaster of the 2000 action RPG classic it's due out in 2021, if you can believe it, what? for PC, PS5, all those freaking consoles. I'm not rereading that again. Resurrected will include all the content from the Lord of Destruction expansion pack, including the Assassin and Druid player classes. The announcement 
was a sit. Wow. The announcement was a climatic moment of BlizzCon 2021, aka BlizzCon Online, uh, Blizzard's virtual celebration of the company's games and community after the COVID-19 pandemic caused the cancellation of last year's event. On PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X, the remaster will run at 4K and 60 frames per second. PC will also support ultra-wide monitors and gamepads on the Xbox One and PS4. Families of consoles, along with the Nintendo Switch, will run at a lower resolution. Resolution Cross-progression will be supported on any platform that choose to enable it, according to Blizzard. So yeah, going forward, BlizzCon's happening right now as we're recording, apparently. Curtis knows this more than anyone because he really wants that hot WoW Lich King helmet, uh, but it it hurts his wallet. It, it does just such dirty to his wallet. Uh, so he can't hit the cart button uh, and check out like the man he wishes he was. Uh, so moving past that. <laughs> it's still in my cart. I just, I just can't commit like every man. So anyway, yeah, did you guys... Uh, Probably not, but I did put it on Slack. Did you get a chance to watch the trailer? I just there watched was the trailer. Actually, talking. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a yeah, reveal. You, yeah, you get to see the difference that 20 years makes. The driving Honestly, a Ford my, escape. Diablo, Diablo 3 looks better. No, I take that back. Diablo 3 looks awful. From what I, I remember it looks Diablo like. Let's 3, put it that way. Okay. Yeah, because the problem with me with Diablo 3 is when they finally revealed it, because that game was in development forever, right? It aged because it took so long to get that game out. So by the time we got it, I just thought it looked blocky and way too colorful. Like, it was bright, I, if that's if I'm remembering correctly. The, um, the particle effects look good. I mean, everything's just... I, it looks like they're kind of using the Diablo 4 engine, if I'm not mistaken, but I don't care. I'll take it. Like, So have, like... I, I know modding communities are pretty crazy, and I have to assume Diablo 2 has been modded to the nines. Has nobody modded the game and just improved it with mods? Like, quality, you know? I, I have to imagine I that's I assume out there. there's a little more to it than Yeah, that. no, I know, but there's got to be, like, people out there that are like, oh... You don't play Diablo 2 with this person's mod? I don't know. Does Curtis know if this is out there? I couldn't tell you. No, it's, it's exciting. I'm sure I'll, it's going to sell well. A lot of people are going to get it. Hopefully they improve the multiplayer. Um, not that it was ever bad, but I remember it, maybe it was just my internet at the time. <laughs> now that I think back, it's so long ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I never had problems with multiplayer. It was definitely your internet. It was probably dial-up at the time. <laughs> Anyway, getting back to the point, uh, I don't know about you guys. I'm super excited. I watched the trailer. I love this game back in the day. Many, many hours spent in this thing. The expansion, I remember. I can probably tell you all the acts, <laughs> like, you know, all the chapters, the bosses. Oh, my God. I love it. Can't wait to get back, get my paladin, get his little hammers flying through the air again. Uh, I'm all for it. It looks decent to me. Like, I don't think this is hopefully what, you know, Diablo 4 is going to look like. Uh, but it's definitely better than Diablo 3 from what I can recall. And yeah, I don't know. I, I, these games are just good. You know, my wife doesn't play a lot of games, but she played Diablo 3 with me on the console. So I'm excited that this is coming to the consoles. And this year, I didn't see that coming either. That Yeah, that's surprising to me this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, the, if it is using the same engine, it's probably, yeah, not hard to rebuild the game. If you have the original, just kind of take the ideas and eh, have fun. Can I also say I want the secret cow level back? Oh, if that's not oh, in there, be it's there. not worth it. it. Yeah, it has to be in there. Give me the cows. Give me the rainbows. I kind of hope that all. they add more to the game, to be honest. 
Was there like a, a, an exotic loot in the game? Like there was, oh, there yeah. was set items in Diablo. There were sets. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that kind of stuff. I can't even remember. The Immortal so Kings. Long. It's like the original, like de- like I don't know, sort of, Destiny sort of or anything started else that, you want to call of. it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm all for it. Give it to me now. Uh, yeah, can't wait. Uh, but anyway, that's it. That's all of our articles. We are finally done. That was you know seven articles plus the mystery one that popped up at the end. So that means we're going to homework. What is homework? Homework is when we don't have time for something because we like it all in a timely fashion. And so we just give you a link and an address to go to. Go educate yourselves, and uh, we're all better for it. So we're moving on to homework article number one. No Man's Sky Companions update lets players adopt and raise pets. This one comes from Game Informer. Uh, basically, we got we were treated to a new trailer. Another No Man's Sky update's coming. And yeah, you get pets. So look forward to that. Uh, this one comes from Game Informer. Everything you need to know about next week's Outriders demo. Looks like Outriders demo is going to be coming out on February 25th, which will be technically this week as of recording. Um, I've seen some gameplay trailer. It looks decent. It looks sort of like another looter shooter type of thing. I don't know if it's going to stand out. I hope it does, but we'll have to see. Okay, number three in homework. Uh, definitely one I need to talk about. The Mortal. Co- this one's from Destructoid. The Mortal Kombat movie trailer is here and in all of its gory glory. Uh, yes, if you haven't watched this trailer and you're somewhat into Mortal Kombat, even if you're not into Mortal Kombat, the only warning I'd give you is it's a red band trailer. So watch you know, it at work. Age appropriate, all that stuff. Yes, watch it at work <laughs> with the volume up. Um, and yeah, it's amazing. I'm totally looking forward to this movie. I'm so excited. It, it has the characters. It looks like it's taken as, as serious as you can for a Mortal Kombat property. And uh, I just want it. I want it in my belly right now. It looks really good. And then the last bit of homework is number four is Ubisoft uh, from Ubisoft it's site itself and Assassin's Creed Valhalla title update 1.1.2 is out. And holy crap, it has a lot of new content for you. Uh, I've touched. I looked on a little bit. It looks like they're adding quite a bit of stuff. Uh, mostly they're adding size and storage problems uh looks like series x it's going to almost run you 20 gigs uh playstation 5 you're looking at just uh, just over 11 gigs so uh yeah you're going to need all that extra hard drive space that you have on your series x looks like the standout feature is going to be the yule season river raids game mode which sounds interesting uh they're adding some new abilities new skills Lots of game improvements, lots of balancing, graphical issues, and lots of fixes to potential quests and side quests, which uh, I don't think I've come across too many issues side quest wise. Oh, yeah, give me my goddamn doggy. What doggy? What's your doggy? <laughs> my wolf. I never like the, the quest I was supposed to give me my wolf uh, glitched and I never got the trait. So even when you find the second book, to get the uh to master oh, that it one and you get the extra perk yeah. yeah i never had it would never unlock the first one so i can't ever have them all the time oh also yeah, the, it really sucks. the skills that it's bringing in uh you might have actually seen them in your skill tree before and then they just randomly disappeared one day uh those are the ones <laughs> yeah i heard there was a that's glitch. the way to do take out content to add it later and say it's new yeah <laughs> Okay, I think we got through homework in a timely fashion that we love so much. That means we are moving on and we will see you next Monday.
Bye. 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 Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to episode 50 of the Home of Play podcast, where every Monday... <clears throat> I like that <laughs> Wherever he is. I'm Ron Burgundy. It's the day that uh, ends in day. Yeah. <laughs> one of those days. This one I Penises, know. Penises as far as the eye can see. <laughs> it's just a an open land of penises. <laughs> that's that's my Valhelm world that I want. Yeah. I want it so my character can't jump without being rectally just destroyed. <laughs> if that thing's That's... not stopping flopping around. <laughs> I want it to look like Mario glitching in mid-jump. Okay, I'm in the wrong tab. I was too. <laughs> Yay! I'm like, so, first article is Slack. This one comes from Slack. <laughs> like, we use it to sort our articles. How do you guys think yeah. about it? Yeah. Type in your HTTP colon backslash backslash Slack. <laughs> you. Okay. You could but basically just go quick and dirty and say there's an issue with the potentiometers. Like, they obviously know this. <laughs> I love you, but there's no way I'm going to be able to say that word. <laughs> but, uh... I mean, you have I trouble reading articles. Hey, hey, you can say words, huh? In the sequence? Yeah, yeah, it's hard work. Especially when you're so, so sleepy. Do you want to take this one, Chris? Because my brain just can't be with the spaces and the dashes, and the hip-hop, the jibbity-jab. The kids and their skateboards. <laughs> Get off my fucking grass!